0: Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Arianna. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. All the time. Thank you, Mo. All right. Well, today we have set this time aside to share. And talk and hopefully plant a seed in regards to missions. And uh, this is my lovely wife, Brenda. And uh, we have the privilege of going on several different missions trips, and um, and so we get the privilege of sharing and uh, I want to to spend a couple minutes and talk about why. Why missions? Why do we reach out? And uh, so my, I, I, do you want me to share? Yeah, just keep going. All right. As I was thinking quickly though, okay. <laughs> I think I'll stand in front of her so I don't see her. Prodding me, and as I was thinking about it this morning, you know, we have our. I I I looked at the last page of every gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then we see in Acts how they carried it out. But as I was just thinking about that, I, I, the thought came to me of what is the greatest command. I don't know if you remember that the gentleman that came to Jesus and said, "Lord, what is the greatest?" And and God, Jesus, uh, yeah, God, yeah. In Jesus said, "Love the Lord your God with all your, with with all that you are: your heart, your strength, your soul, your mind." But then He said after that, "And love your neighbor as you love yourself." And then the the gentleman said, well, who is my neighbor? And we have the story of of the Good Samaritan, as we call it in Sunday school. The, The two greatest things that we can do, first, establish and build and strengthen and deepen our relationship with God and then reach out. Show love, demonstrate compassion, have mercy on those around us. And so for me, that just forms like, like the foundation, the foundation of who we should be. I love our worship time because that's a demonstration. That's a demonstration of our desire and our love for God. The, the, the process of coming and praising and worshiping. It's a demonstration of our love for God. Our daily lifestyle is a demonstration of our love for God. And then through that, we start reaching out. And I, I'm, it just is a privilege it's a privilege. When I look at, we, we, we compiled it, and then we thought, oh, wow, and then we came another something and another. It, as we compiled, it was like, oh, God, you have placed so much, so much here for us, and it's a privilege. And we just want to share with you First of all, why we do what we do, and then how it came about, some of our ministry work that we're, we have the privilege of participating in. And what I want it to do is plant, plant a seed in you. Birth something in you. Because I think God has some amazing, I mean, when you look at the doors of opportunity that God has given to us, there's places for everyone. There's something for everyone to fulfill the great commandment that Jesus gave. There's room for everyone. We have local stuff in our city, on our street. We have amazing ministry that, that of door, ministry doors that God has placed throughout BC. When you hear the list and the locations in BC, it just is amazing. God's opening doors across Canada for us and then internationally. So we just want to share some of those things and I hope that through sharing, that there'll be something that's birthed in you that says, I want to be part of that. I want to make room and time. It's not just about our money. And it's not, it's not all about the money. It's about your passion and compassion to reach out and do some little things, little things. Amen. Do you want to share? Go for
1: it. So, I think when we think about missions at Solid Rock, there is a model that we follow that Pastor Nelson um, instilled in us a long time ago. And the first um, thing about missions for us is that it's not about us going to make money. Uh, A long time ago, we used to, about 20 years ago actually, we did a lot of missions in Japan. Many from here have been on those trips with us. And um, I remember asking my dad, why do we go to the most remote places in Japan that don't have flush toilets, that um, you sleep on a little futon on the floor that blows dust when they grab it out of the cupboard and put it on the floor for you? Why do we go to these places? And my dad said, because these people are often forgotten. These churches, when you go there, they don't have money to pay you to come. And they feed you like kings when you're there, and you, you should eat it because it's rude not to. So we gained a little weight in Japan. Um, but I think, I think from that perspective... When we target missions, we target forgotten and overlooked places. You can go to Japan and go to a big church in the middle of a big city, and they'll take a big offering, but that's not why we go. We go, and we travel, and we travel, and we travel. We take the bullet train for three hours to get to some remote place that literally an outhouse is the bathroom inside the house. It was actually my first missions trip, and I thought I literally was going to die when My mom came out, they took us to a restaurant, and my mom came out, and she goes, my mom said, I have to go to the bathroom. We're like, okay, okay. She comes out, she goes, come with me. I'm like, okay. Go in the bathroom, and she's like, what do we do in here? And I'm like, (laughs) I do not know what we do in here. What are those, and how do we use that? (laughs) Literally, they're ceramic, you know, holes in the ground. So um, that's one of the, the models that we like to follow, is going to places that they really need encouragement. They need um, to know that people care. And they need to be challenged in their own faith. And, and my dad's awesome at doing all of the above. Um, we like to go to places that we can sow into that's good soil. Yes. Um, an example of that, Costa Rica, Pastor Peter, such amazing soil. And you see the work that he's doing and the things, and we're going to show you some slides in a little bit. And, and then building relationships. We don't want to um, just go there just for ministry. We want to actually minister to the pastors, because often they don't get that. They are alone, and they're sometimes struggling to just keep going. They're tired. So we like to go in, and we like to just give them a good infusion of the Holy Spirit and love and relationship. Um, so that's kind of the model that we like to, to follow.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I want to start just by sharing what we do locally. Um, one of the announcements that we just had this morning, we have, Selena, just, God has blessed your life. God has restored so many things, and now she is giving back in an amazing way. And we have the privilege. We, from from our perspective, it might be little things. We bring laundry soap, coffee. Um, but those little things add up, and God has blessed us with that open door. I know we minister. Some of the ladies there come to Bible study. Um, I think even a, a few of our ladies sometimes go to the to the home And minister to the women in the home And and it's the women's center by the way Just a, and it's just up around the corner. So that's why I say god has just Teen challenge. Teen challenge that's right teen challenge just right across, around the corner here. God has just placed things in our lives And and that's why I say it's a privilege how he he does it um I, you've probably seen that guy around here. Lyndon, <laughs> why don't you wave your hand? There. You know, our, I want to just explain a little bit. Our, when, this is 15 years ago, 20 years ago, um, how many of you heard of the Samaritan's Purse? The Graham's Ministry of, of filling shoe boxes? We did that f- for... For probably three, four, five years, we would as part of the youth, we would collect stuff, people from the church would collect things we then, as part of the youth, they would fill all the boxes and we would send them and then then one one year, we were just it was it was probably in september, october, i don't know something in. in in town here, all of a sudden triggered in our hearts, you know, instead of sending these shoe boxes overseas, God has placed so many opportunities in our own city. And so, so we, we made a whole bunch of, we ordered a whole bunch of knapsacks, and we filled them, and we brought them to, at the time it was called the Christmas Bureau in Abbott. It still is the Christmas Bureau. Um, And for several years, we would bring knapsacks full of of necessities, toys, um, school supplies, and stuff like that, bring that to the Christmas bureau and then from that, God added the the whole concept of now at Christmas time, if you come and see we I think most years we have this this um, platform full of stuff that we give to the food bank, and I think we calculated one time and it 's like four to five thousand dollars that we 've been had the privilege of raising and, and giving to the food bank and Lyndon works with the food bank, and that's also Dave Murray, um, the head, I think, the, the head of the food bank in our, in our city. So that is another local outreach that we have the privilege of working with. And then this bottom picture here, that's Mandy um, and Alicia in there, but that's on Thursday morning, our starfish um, there's a, a local group that actually supplies all the food and items for hu- kids that go hungry at school. They, they come to school with no breakfast some, quite often. Um, and so what happens on Thursday mornings is there's a group that supplies everything. And then we have uh, people in our church that fill um, these bags with food that is, has been supplied. And then we deliver them to, is that three schools? Three schools in our area that we're responsible for delivering these these care packages. And this is to let the kids bring home food for the weekend, where otherwise they wouldn't have actually real proper food to eat over the weekend. And so that is a third area of ministry, just locally, that we do. The food is literally brought, we pick it up, we bring it to the, to the multi-purpose room in the other building, we pack it, and then we drop it off at school. So that is three areas of local ministry that God has blessed us with the opportunity to, to bless our neighbor. And literally, one of the blessings is literally a neighbor right next door. So it's, it's awesome. That's our local ministry. Then, in, in the book of Acts, it says the Holy Spirit will give you will come upon you and do you with power so that you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the outermost parts. So this is our Jerusalem, and then Judea is, I'll call it British Columbia, um, As many of you know, or most of you, or all of you know, Pastor Nelson and Pastor Louise have been running around like crazy the last month throughout British Columbia. God has given us the awesome privilege of, in some cases, mentoring pastors. In some cases, it's having coffee, or a lunch, or a dinner with a pastor, and just to encourage them, or counsel them, or just... Uh, let them unload and share their challenges with us. And then Pastor Nelson is, is, has a privilege of encouraging, um, depositing uh, strength into them to continue. And, and then in some cases we get the opportunity to minister at a conference or in their church. And, uh, and I got a list of 20 churches that we impact in British Columbia. And I think that's pretty amazing. (laughs) Now, when I say, this is all of us sharing in this. I want to encourage you. This is all. I'm going to just read the cities. Um, First of all, Pastor Nelson went to Ron Short in Cranbrook. From Cranbrook, he went to Invermere. Crawford Bay, Fruitvale, Midway, Chase, Grand Forks, and Nelson. I think that was your favorite stop, right? Nelson. <laughs> but that was just in the last three, four weeks. That, that's two, four, six, eight, eight churches that you ministered to. Strengthened and encouraged. Here's, uh, we have the privilege, uh, uh, Gary and Jean Payne in Lillouette. There's Juan and Nora who minister on the First Nations reserve in Lillooet. There's Vernon. There's Falkland. There's Westwold. I didn't even know we had a Westwold. Dee's Lake, Kelowna, Prince George, Morristown, Port Hardy, Castlegar. That's uh, pretty amazing, what who God has brought into our and. God says, if you're faithful in the little, I want—I don't know how many of you want sometimes it can be weary, the little, but God says, as you're faithful in the little, he'll add to you, he'll add to you, he'll add to you. And this is just a testimony of reaching out to one church and then God connecting you with somebody else who now impacts five churches. Then you go to a conference because they've put on a conference and God just starts just expanding and expanding impact that we have for God's kingdom. Also, pastor, pastor Nelson has Romanian heritage, and so God connected him with a local pastor in a Romanian church that really tries to reach the Romanian um, community in Abbotsford, and, and uh, so he has the privilege of quite often ministering on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening service there. So that is our British Columbia Ministries. Um, So that's our Judea, as I like to call it. Just another amazing thing that just happened in the last month. Um, Pastor Nelson went to Bible school in Portland, and Pastor Frank DiMaggio established ministers, or Pastor uh, Dick Iverson established MFI, Ministers Fellowship International. Well, just in the last month, they've established and given control or, um, of all the ministers, fellowship, international um, area of Canada. So we have local pastors in, in Langley that oversee It's called MFI Canada, and we're part of that. And we had our first MFI Canada conference at the, at the end of September, And all of a sudden, God is connecting us across Canada. And I I remember I I just had a picture. We moved into this new facility, and um, God gave a prophetic word through one of the ministering um, apostles that came that we would be, he called it an an apostolic center. And as, as I was hearing those words, it was... I saw this it was like the map of canada and it was like a pebble that was dropped in abbotsford and then the ripple effect going across canada it was just a picture in my mind just rippling across and it started in abbotsford bc as you can see like a pebble if you would think of all the ripple effects how it rippled across bc and i believe god is going to give us influence to impact not only British Columbia, but it I can already see it happening across Canada. And uh, I really want that to be a vision for all of us. Amen. Things that we can do, and do not, in our local community, and how God will use that, that little bit of influence, that little bit of stewardship on our part, on those little areas, and how God will just ex- continue to expand and strengthen and bless and give us favor. And uh, so so that's British Columbia. I'm actually, that's probably one of the, the greatest moments of, pardon me? Yeah, I think that's probably one of the greatest things that that gives me a sense of Uh, Thank you, Lord, for the privilege is what we have the opportunity of doing in B.C. Because there's so many small churches, these pastors that work day in and day out in, in these little towns in B.C. and the opportunity and the privilege to strengthen and minister to them. So that is our British Columbia Ministries. Go ahead. Whichever you go.
1: All right. So foreign missions. Foreign missions is one of my favourites. Um, Can we put up Costa Rica first? We've done a a lot of missions in Costa Rica over the years. And as many of you um, know, the last three years, just as a family, there's been a lot of trials and things that we've had to um, endure, learn, go through, heal from. And it kind of brought a halt to a lot of what we... We're accustomed to doing mission wise. Um, pastor Daniel and I love going, and for a season we haven't done much at all. Um, but I can feel it inside, and it's time. This is Pastor Peter. Pastor Peter is the pastor of. Um, can I have all the Costa Ricans in here stand up? We have a big, like. Um. Come on, Veronica. My, my son even found a wife while we were there on a missions trip and lived there for a while and brought her home um, from Costa Rica. These are dear friends. Um, our whole, we have, the Costa Ricans came in, t- sorry, is it okay if I just call you the Costa Ricans? All right. The
2: Costa Ricans
1: <laughs> came into our lives um, about 20 years ago. Jerriella was about this big and we invited them to our house for christmas because they didn't have anywhere to spend christmas they did not know english and we did not know spanish but we had an awesome christmas (laughs) and what was birthed out of there is our missions to costa rica um jeffrey took pastor daniel once there for some other like he uh, can i take you to costa rica and show you some land you should buy and of course he's like yes so off they go and he came home and he goes you'll love costa rica and couldn't wait to take me back. That was a lot of years ago now. We've we've done a lot of things in Costa Rica. Pastor Peter is the pastor of Hosanna Igles. um, Iglesia Church. <laughs> and they've just actually started a new church. They bought a piece of property. They cannot afford to put a building on it yet. Um, but Daniel and I, we've been, we've been feeling this this churning starting inside and there's just this passion to get on with this we want to continue doing what we've done in the past so I don't say this from a bragging perspective but I want to give you a vision they needed a tent so they could have church on the new property so pastor Daniel I personally ceded three thousand dollars last week to pastor Peter so that they can put a tent on the property and have church and we, we love Costa Rica. We love the people of Costa Rica. We, we've said it many times, we've fallen in love with Costa Rica. We have done many VBSs there to three 400 children. That's one of the pictures right there of sit, them all sitting in the sanctuary. Marjorie over there preaching. Um, this is our kids, Geriella, Cleo. Oh, I thought we had one of Kieran and Jared, but I guess it's not up there. They were just little when we started. And um, over the years, they've asked if we... Last year, I think, was the first year we didn't do um, a VBS there because they wanted to change it up a bit. So they did a festival day. And you and the food that... uh, The the food you ate, the soup you ate, and the money that you gave paid for that festival day. About $3,000 of what you... Invested in missions, went to. What they did was they they set up tents. They made it like a carnival, and they invited the neighbors, the unchurched. And when we set up VBS at the beginning, um, about between three and four hundred kids would come. They would let their own church kids come, which is obviously we want them to do that, and then they would just put it out there for all the unsaved families in the community, and then. Um, you know here when we have VBS, moms and dads, well at least I did when I was a mom of six, I, I'd like to kind of drop them off at VBS and then run to the coffee shop and just have free time. This is not what they do here. They provide, while the kids are busy, an environment for their parents to also hear the gospel. They do crafts with them, they um, feed them, and so this is something that we really want to um see ourselves there again we're believing for that that's why we seeded into it because we need to go back to costa rica and just down on the bottom picture i think you can see there's um the lady this lady right here her name's mocha and that is all of those ladies mom and she is a deacon in the church she's a fiery lady and she uh is passionate about God, and these are some of her daughters. I think Lily's, no, I can't see very well. Sandra's missing from there.
0: Anyways,
1: that's Costa Rica.
0: All right, we're moving on. uh, We're running out of time, and we have like seven more places to talk about. All right, next, Brazil. Luciana, I don't know where Alvaro went to. Luciana, you don't want to wave there. Luciana and her husband, Alvaro, and then she has Jason there. And Jasmine is in Sunday school. They're from Brazil. Yep. They came to Canada and immigrated, but they still have a heart and a passion. Mm-hmm. And so we were actually invited by them to go with them and join them in Brazil. That's been a while now. It's time to go again. It's time to go again. That's what we're sensing in our spirit. But you know how school and jobs and children and all kinds of responsibilities um, uh, kind of just impact your life, and uh, it's challenging to, to find the time, but Alvaro and Luciana started Happy Children Ministries, and that's them, and we had the privilege of taking suitcases of stuff uh, to um, s- toys and school supplies to uh, several schools in that, that God blessed a connection with a pastor uh, that, uh, this is Pastor Ephraim and through his relatives they they oversee right or have connection in the school and so we had a complete open door that we were able to just bring um, these toys and just bless these kids and i think in some cases clothing and shoes that we were able to bring them and uh and so we had an awesome awesome time in brazil at that time pastor nelson We had the privilege of preaching in several churches, so we were um, ministering with Pastor Ephraim, and then that is Pastor Ben Yu, and uh, he oversees and is involved in several Assemblies of God churches, and uh, (laughs) and now is there a a relation there, or uh, Luciana? I don't think in that one. So, we had the privilege of ministering, and then and then Alvaro had the privilege of, of it, well he interpreted but he also spoke a few times as well um, so that's Brazil and we have to keep moving on but that was an awesome privilege and I, I look forward to going there again um, Japan on Tuesday Pastor Nelson and I will be flying Do you see the bee beside Japan? oh is there a bee beside, oh that's yours uh, because that's going to be at the very okay. end Go ahead. No, it's all right. was just wondering. Come on, Aunt
1: B. Okay. On Tuesday, Pastor Nelson and Pastor Daniel are going. Uh, they had an invitation to go to Vietnam. This will be the second time that they've gone. Um, but on their way, they're going to stop in Japan. This is David and Naomi Robbins. They were our first introduction. They are. They have been in Japan, I don't 40 years all her life. Um, They are passionate about the people uh, in Japan and bringing the gospel. Um, There is a lot of... Japan is steeped in religion, um, dead religion. And they are a light in Japan to bring the gospel of Jesus. It's hard. It's hard work in Japan. They are not open. And it's difficult work. We support them as a church every Christmas. We send them a, a check to say that... Here,
0: we haven't Keep forgotten going. You.
1: We haven't forgotten you. We haven't been there in a lot of years, so we decided if they're going to go all the way to Vietnam, stop in Japan for five days, go see how they're doing, and uh, reconnect a little bit. And so we're super excited um, about what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. And we always send it at Christmas time just as a special um, so
0: when yeah. when we ministered at their church, they had about s- probably ten people in their church. So God is just, it's it's amazing and challenging, and obviously God has rewarded them with an amazing group of young people there. And uh, so we look forward to going to Japan on Tuesday. Then uh, Vietnam is our next stop. On uh, next Sunday, we'll be in Vietnam. Um, the gentleman that is our connection there is Pastor Moses Fung, and uh, uh, he's been in prison camps because of his uh, because of his faith. It's a communist country, and uh, and so we don't have many pictures because the churches we go to are it's all underground. It's it's uh, what they do is from a governmental point of view is uh, illegal. You're allowed to register a church and have a church in Vietnam, but then all your sermons and messages you have to send to the government for approval before you can preach that in a registered church. So Pastor Moses, I, we don't have even have a picture of him, um, he, um, he oversees several home churches. Uh, home churches that um, the pastors of these little home churches, they've been beaten up. By neighbors, government officials or or police will go to the a home church and 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 beat the pastor um, put him in in jail for a few days um, so it's it's really challenging but through through pastor moses uh, his persistence he has he goes across the country and evangelizes and every month he sends a report of like 300 souls being saved, 270 souls being saved, 330 and every month they go out through that they have come across all these orphans and uh, every month he sends me pictures of the food that, that they're able to purchase and supply and give out toys and things to these children and Last time we were there, I can't even remember which year it was, 2013, we did not go to the orphanage, but this year we're going to be visiting the orphanage that, uh, that he oversees, and, uh, and what happens as we go, he invites all the home churches, all the people in the home church to come together, and we do a three-day conference. Uh, we're meeting another pastor who's in China right now, he's flying, and we're going to meet him in, in Vietnam, in the the, the capital city is Ho Chi Minh, and uh, so we're going to meet them, and then we do a three-day conference, then um, that's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of that week. Then we'll visit the orphanage probably on the Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday, they have their home churches, and uh, uh, last year I had the privilege, I went into a high-rise building, a concrete high-rise building, probably to the 10th floor, prayed all the way up on that elevator that it, we'd get there, and then there was about eight people that a young couple were, had, would meet together in their home. And I had the privilege of preaching to them. And uh, you you th- went the I went there on the motorcycle ride. Just, it's incredible. I, I'm going I, to look up the video I had from last year. Just crazy. But, uh, but anyways, that's Vietnam. Next, we'll uh, do Ukraine. Let's throw up Ukraine there. How many of you remember Pastor Max and Amanda came, uh, had the privilege last year September to go to the Ukraine, and uh, uh, Pastor Max has uh, started a, a home, I don't think, oh, we don't have the home, uh, God gave them the awesome, uh, an awesome deal on a building, it's an old boiler house, for a mining company that they've stripped down and has renovated and they ha- they're going to have the capacity to house uh, about two hundred drug addicts and single moms and uh, he has pastor Max has a, a, a real heart for um, the orphans and again these are orphans he says the, and they they these kids they're raised um, in just Basically, no supervision through their l- whole life. They become 15, 16, and and then they, uh, um, a girl and a boy will get together and they'll have their own child. And then because they're so young, they can't handle. They br- they have another generation of orphans. That that it's just one generation after another generation of orphans. And and Pastor Max is coming and uh, he's adopted five boys. He's teaching them how to date. He's teaching them how to have a relationship with a girl. I think three of his boys are now married. And so he's he's just ground roots, just trying to change the thought process of these kids and this society that has just in the last 20 years or 30 years come out of communist rule.
1: I just want to share one story. Um, Pastor Max is a lawyer. Um, and one of the girls that uh, lives... In the home or in that he works with is part of their life she had a baby and her friend came and said hey i'll babysit the baby for you you go out just have an evening you know do something nice whatever so she's like oh well that's that's awesome um never to see the baby she came back and they were gone and the girl took the the babysitter took the baby And so, Pastor Max, being a lawyer, gets a lot of, you know, ins here and there. He can find stuff out. And they tracked that baby down. He tracked that baby down. And just as that baby was going across the border to be sold, uh, into which country? I don't remember which country. It was just a, a neighboring country. They got that baby, and they got that baby back and reunited that baby with its mom. So, he is in the trenches. Like, they are fighting for the lives of of orphans as little as babies right up to teenagers, and the government pays up to a certain point for these orphans, but then when they reach, I think it's 15 or 16, the government cuts off their their money, and suddenly you have all these kids who have to go to the streets because they have no way to um, provide for themselves, and his goal is to, to well, get them before so that they don't ever end up there, but he also takes them off the street and, and shows them how to work, and, and they make opportunities. They have a machine that makes peanut butter. You cannot get peanut butter in the Ukraine. Um, they can bring the nuts in, and they show the kids how to make peanut butter so that they can make, make a living for themselves.
0: Awesome. They're
1: industrious.
0: Do you want to throw Nicaragua up there. I don't know if you guys remember Dr. Mike Smalley came, ministered at our church. That's his wife, Diana. And they oversee a ministry that takes these young girls out of store windows. I don't know if you remember the out-of-store windows where they're sold f- and uh, nightly. They're sold nightly. And for $30 a, d- a month, I think it is, I think it's $30 a month that a person can, can sponsor them, provides enough fam- food for the family so they don't have to prostitute their daughters out. And, and that's their, the food is so scarce that parents put their, their daughters out in the windows just to get a few dollars just to put food on the table. And so we had the privilege, and the reason I wanted these three, the three last ones put together is because we've had Pastor Max, we've had Dr. Mike Smalley in our church this past year. We have we're, we had the awesome privilege, all of us, of raising five thousand dollars for each one of them. I, sometimes we take a seed offering and it doesn't get announced how much you blessed them with, but Pastor Max, we were able to contribute five thousand dollars to them. We contributed five thousand dollars to, to, um, to, to Dr. Mike Smalley for his ministry. And, and so you are part of What's happening in Ukraine and Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Brazil, you, we are all a part. And I, I just want to commend all of you for your generosity. When, when God, we, we uh, want to give everybody the privilege of seeding into these ministries and you guys step up to that challenge and, and are incredibly generous. And I want to commend you um, for your generosity in, in, in those particular ones that have come through in the last, the past year um, and blessing them. We have...
1: We have five more minutes? We have a couple more.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, do international outreach. We, we support and have support. We've had uh, Daniel King. I don't know if you remember Daniel King uh, in our church a couple years in a row. He did, this year... Uh, we didn't have him because we had Dr. Mike Smalley come in, but uh, Daniel King and his wife Jessica. Well, we didn't get that picture in, but he's an evangelist and goes to multiple cities each year. He'll he'll work countries. He'll work. They just did a Belize, where he partnered up with I think it was nine different evangelists in nine different cities, all on the same day, where they impacted Belize. The whole country in one day of ministry, and he calls them festivals of hope. Um, the word crusade is a little challenging in some countries, and so they and they won't they will not give him a permit. So he has to call he has festivals of hope, and usually he goes in for a whole week if if it's just uh, king ministries. Uh, he'll go in for a whole week and for five, six nights in a row, he'll do a festival of hope and preach. And then in other cases, he teams up with with multiple uh, other evangelists, and in one day or over a three-day period, they'll, in about 10, 15 different cities in one country, they'll impact the whole nation inside of a week. So we had the privilege of having him in our church, and we, again, were able to I raise f- enough money to drill a well in India for a church.
1: I think that he his goal is a million He's already made that, right? A million souls. souls. That was his Saved. goal, and he has surpassed that. So there, he's, it's amazing. Salvations, yeah. All right. okay. Do the last two.
0: Real quick. I grew up in a church where my mom and dad sent out two different missionaries. One went to Kenya, one went to Nigeria. Over the past uh, 30 years, my mom and dad have got to the point where um, they're set to retire. And they've asked us... To Kenya. come and oversee Justin. and take over, and they've passed the baton on to us and our congregation to help minister in Kenya. Um, this is Nancy Aduero. She's a widow, and in Kenya, widows are just treated horribly. Uh, through that experience, she now ministers to over 300 to 400 widows. That's one of the the widows that she has a we. There's a widow center, which there's no picture of, where she trains widows because they're just left basically homeless. She trains them, finishes their education, trains them in some sort of trade, uh, whether it's sowing, there's candle making, there's uh, planting. Then she's also trained them how to take care of seed, plant seed, save some of the seed for the next crop, sell some of it to bring money into the home, and to give some of it away. So... That's Nancy. She's a widow, and she ministers to widows, and she has about 20 home groups that she goes throughout the week. She goes and ministers and and oversees them, and then they get together, I think it's every two weeks. Um, This is her daughter, Faith. She has become a doctor, and that's her husband, Eddie, and he's a lawyer, and together they've started the Mazira foundation where they've opened so far one medical clinic and have expanded it to it's a full um, full service hospital and so they started one hospital in, in Nairobi and now they want to start a second one and they have the property right next to the widow center um, and so they're gonna which is uh, in Kasumu which is about a one-hour flight away, but they're starting a second hospital right next to the widow center, um, so they're in the process of permitting, and they've got the property already, and they're renovating the building. And uh, we're anticipating... We had the privilege of going last April, and I, I believe we're already setting up the dates for this coming April to go to them again. Um, and...
1: Uh, and then we have Nigeria, the last, the last one I'll talk about. Um,
0: Oh wow! Those this was
1: a long time ago, 2008. This is a ministry that um, <laughs> the church that Daniel came from and his parents have invested a lot of energy and a lot of money into. Um, what they started out with the motherless babies home. Uh, you can see the picture on the right hand side. In I, I think things might be changing a bit now, but back uh, uh, years 30. ago.
0: 35, years If a years mom ago.
1: were to die while she was um, giving birth, they believed that the baby was cursed. And they would take the babies and leave them out in the jungle. So this lady... Uh, to di- to die.
0: They just left it yeah, out in the, in the bush.
1: Um, is, I can't see if she's in there somewhere. Right in the middle. Oh, there we go. Right in the middle
0: at the top. Her so name is Linda. So she started
1: the motherless babies home. So after... She would go in the jungle and actually look for babies. And after a while, people knew she was there, so they would just bring the babies. And then the government told her, "Uh, we're not sure that we like what you're doing, so when the baby's two, you have to give them back to the family. To the father. To the father. So then they had to teach the fathers. So they had to go through a process with these families of teaching them that this baby's life was worth something and that it wasn't cursed. And um, actually, when we were there, my, I have a picture with my Daniel and her Daniel, the very first baby that she saved. She named him after this Daniel. So that was pretty cool. Um, so this is something that's very near and dear to our hearts as well. Um,
0: so out of the motherless baby's home, they started a medical <laughs> clinic. They started a medical clinic which grew into an actual hospital. So that in the middle of the jungle, they have a hospital. They then... Um, started an elementary school for all these children that were coming to them, they, elementary school. And in, in the last little while, they've started a, a high school. So they call it King's School. And so they have the motherless babies home, they have a hospital, they have an elementary school, and they have a high school and a church all on a, a probably about a 20-acre site that God blessed them with. And so, Pastor David...
1: I think it'd be awesome if we prayed for pastor. Okay.
0: So I hope seeing some of these pictures and remembering some of our connections that God just burst something in you as well. Again, I had it prophesied over me by the gentleman down in Washington state that I would be taking teams of people with me and I would be just laughing laughing and smiling as I saw God working through all of your lives on on these particular trips. So I'm looking forward to that word from God being fulfilled, and it's, it's a dream, and over the last few years, I'm like saying, God, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know. My financial situation has turned itself on its head over the last five years. I don't know how this is going to happen, but I'm believing and I'm holding on to what God spoke over my life, and I look forward to taking you guys with me and just laughing as I see God work through each one of you. How many of you receive that and look, and look forward to coming with us one day? Amen. Amen. Pastor David.
2: Awesome. Awesome. It is pretty amazing to think a congregation of 125 have that great of a impact. And there's more. This week, I received an email with an invitation to go to uh, Guatemala um, as part of an organization through MFI, and they would actually pay my way. So um, I'm not sure if I'm going. There's uh, some other information to find out, but there's opportunities galore. Uh, We're going to pray for Pastor Daniel and Pastor Nelson uh, right here, but I see my wife come up, so I think there's something important.
3: I only interrupt you for important. Adrian, just uh, showed me a text message from Charlene. Uh, They are sending her into emergency. Uh, It's bigger than it was yesterday. So uh, I think we just need to come against this thing. Uh, For those of you who don't know, maybe I should just, uh, she has a spot on her leg, about the size, it was the size of a dessert plate yesterday. And uh, what they're concerned is, is that it could Go into a flesh eating, and it's not looking like it's uh, not healing itself. It's going kind of purple and bubbly. So, you know what? The enemy doesn't get to do that. That's not okay with me. Amen. Amen? Amen. Come on. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. come on. It's not okay. It's not okay. And uh, so, we're going to just take authority over that foul thing. It has to leave. It is not allowed to torment their family, it's not allowed to inflict fear. And uh, we're just going to believe for complete healing that the doctors will be like, Well, you came in this way. We don't know what's going on, but it's not there anymore. Go home. Okay? You believe that with me? Come on, let's stand. Let's gather around Adrian and, and the kids. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you for your goodness and your protection, and your care over the Molker family. And Lord, we just speak to this thing that is inflicting uh, and causing and tormenting Charlene, and we take authority over you in the name of Jesus. You have no power, you have no authority that has been broken by the blood of Jesus Christ. And you must leave, you must release your hold on her body. You will be gone in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we speak to you now. You will cease and desist now in Jesus' name. And we just release healing through her body. We call forth whole cells in Jesus' name. Whole and healthy cells will dominate Charlene's body. We call forth whole and healthy cells into her leg right now. And every uh, cell that is infected with bacteria, that bacteria would die and a fresh whole healthy cell will take its place. We speak life. We decree life over Charlene. We decree wholeness from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Her body is whole in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just decree peace. We seal this family. We cover this family with your peace. We just peace in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
2: Amen. Amen. If I can have Pastor Daniel and Pastor Nelson come, and uh, don't go back to your seats. If everybody can come, if they can just stand right here so we can get in front and behind you and around you. Somebody get close to Pastor Nelson, he may fall over. Um, I'm not being funny, but he has a tendency to fall when when the power of God comes. And man, we're a body, we're a family. I want to give everybody an opportunity to come up. Because as Pastor Daniel shared, they may be the visual ones there, but believe you me, when you're on the mission field, you covet the prayers. So I want everybody to come up and lay their hands. Stretch forth your hands if you're not able to. Heavenly Father, we speak protection First of all, over Pastor Daniel and Pastor Nelson as they travel and as they stay in these countries, Lord, protection over them. Angels, I command you and I direct you to watch out for them and to protect them and to guide them and that they will not even hit their toe against something because you will be watching over them. We speak to them. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. We declare prophetic words, we declare manifestation of God, the power of God over them. Lord, that you would give them words that will be directives, Lord, that they would speak words of life to those that they come in contact with. Lord, that they would see the miracle power of God working. They'd see salvations. They'd see healing. Lord, they'd see deliverance. Lord, they would see the mighty power of God released and that they would stand together with the teams that are there and they Would support them and encourage them and bless them. Be with them, Lord, the deposits that they have inside of them that they would deposit elsewhere. And Lord, I stand here today and I say I will be praying for them every day. And Lord, we stand and we pray for them and we release them and we declare your goodness over them in your precious name. Everybody said, Amen. 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 God bless you, everyone. If you have any questions, about these mission trips, feel free to contact and ask Pastor Daniel or Pastor Brenda. God bless you. Have an amazing week.